God-fearing, pistol-packing patriot, free-thinker and spirit, who is always taking the road less traveled, CEO of Definitely Holly. Welcome to the Definitely Holly Show. First of all, happy Saturday. You can listen to my show every Saturday evening at 5 on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. And if you missed my show, no big deal. You can head on over to Spotify and look up the Definitely Holly Show News Talk STL and listen to my show that way as well. Well, I hope you had a fun and safe Halloween. I know I sure did. I got to dress up as my favorite thing ever, my favorite costume, Roxy Hart. A little backstory. So when I was getting my master's degree at Lindenwood uh, during the weekends, I would sing. I would dress up as Roxy Hart in uh, Marilyn Monroe, and I would sing at uh, a place out in the Chesterfield area, St. Louis. It's called Villa Ferrado. It's not there anymore. But my mom got me into that. Thanks, Mom. That was so much fun. So Leah, producer Leah, what did you do over Halloween? Um, well, I definitely did not dress up um, <laughs> the way you did. But <laughs> uh, in the past, I've dressed up. This year, I kind of decided I'm going to dress up as a radio producer, which... For me, man. Yes. I get to wear sweats <laughs> and a sweatshirt. So, yeah. Uh, my mom and I sat at the top of our driveway with a little bonfire and nice. handed out candy. Yeah. How fun. Were there a lot of kids this year? Yeah. In our neighborhood, we have a decent amount of kids. So. Okay. I didn't see too much, uh, too many kids uh, during actual Halloween night, but um, Amer- I went to Ameristar for, to see a band there with a friend and I dressed up like Roxy and it, it was pretty busy. So, what band did you sign? It was Bump. Bump is a great oh. cover band um, out St. Louis cover band. So they play, you know, St. Charles, Maristar, mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis as well. But they're highly recommend that band. If you look them up on Facebook, Bump, great guys, great band, good music, classic rock. So, have you seen Platinum Rock Legends? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I know That's, Will. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> they're yes. <laughs> They're, they're another fun band, and they always put on a good show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. People were asking me, uh, though, they're like, why didn't you dress up as AOC? And I said, you know, oh, gosh. Just, I don't want to take more Advil. Already. You could have worn the white dress, you know, right? tax the rich. Yes, I still have that dress somewhere in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> but if you saw, AOC is in the news again. She just always gets back in the news some way or somehow. With Elon Musk taking over Twitter, it was kind of funny. He said that he got some inspiration from uh, the Mighty Python Python movie for charging for insults and arguments. So that's kind of funny. So he's the new head of Twitter. And, of course, AOC is just, you know, very upset, very angry because she doesn't want to pay $8 a month for that blue, blue little check mark. But originally it was actually going to be $20 a month. So now he put it down to $8 a month. So that's what he settled on, supposedly. And AOC is not happy. So if you saw that on Twitter, yeah, yeah, they took it to Twitter. And AOC goes, 
LMAO at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually $8 a month subscription plan. Well, Elon uh, fired back at her and said, your feedback is appreciated. Now pay $8. <laughs> Keep in mind that AOC has $58 hoodies that she's selling. She hates capitalism, but she's selling them on her website. And Elon took a screenshot of that, which was really funny, and posted it. <laughs> but let's go ahead and play that video. Uh, AOC is very upset. I was at a community event in the Bronx in Co-op City. And when I get home, I see a text from my team saying, hey, let me know if you need any help with this Elon stuff. And I was like, what? So I pulled my Twitter app and it's like gone. Like when you pull up your mentions and stuff like that, it's just like literally like a blank screen totally gone and I was like hmm that's weird so it turns out we got under a certain little billionaire skin <laughs> I just love that because first of all in the video if you look it up on Facebook or look it up online she's eating like chicken fingers or something and she's sitting there and she you can't even understand what she's saying half the time she's like <laughs> and then like like, what, what are you doing? But these are her videos that she does from her apartment. And then you see her dog. Like, I heard the dog in the background, like, snorting. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. Like, so this and then that. And then, well, yeah. And he said and she said. And it's just like. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. But honestly, um, as far as Elon Musk goes, I, I don't know about you, Leah, but I don't trust any of the elites just from a lot of the research that I've been doing throughout the years. Um, if you even looked online, Elon Musk is uh, his costume. He went to like a party, like I, I guess with Heidi Klum's party with other elites, of course. And of course, out of all the costumes, you know, that he could have chose to dress up as, he chose a devil, which that's one thing, you know, people dress up in the devil costume, whatever. But was what was disturbing to me was that this man had upside down crosses over his armor. He was literally wearing like an armor, the devil armor, and then he had upside down crosses. I didn't see the crosses. I just saw the armor. Yes. There was one in the middle of his chest, and I believe there were two more upside down crosses um, also in his costume. But that was what, what was disturbing to me. Oh, yeah. Because out of everything, it's like, why, why do you choose that? But in other news, so we do have, uh, obviously, next week, Tuesday, November 8th, is coming up very, very quickly. And everyone needs to get out to the polls and vote. It's very, very important. That's our right. We need to do that. Um, so we're just going to discuss here um, the important ballot initiatives coming up here, number one, number three, four, and five, and the constitutional convention question that you'll see next week when you go to the polls Tuesday. But first, I would like to discuss a, a particular amendment, amendment number three, because it's drawing a lot of confusion, and I think a lot of people have the wrong idea about it. So amendment three, if you pull up the website, um, if you go to the Missouri Secretary of State website, amendment three, you can read it off yourself. It says, do you want to amend the Missouri Constitution to remove state prohib uh, prohibitions on purchasing, possessing, consuming, using, delivering, manufacturing, and selling marijuana for personal use for adults over the age of 21 
We require a registration card for personal cultivation with prescribed limits, allow people with certain marijuana-related nonviolent offenses to petition for release from incarceration, establish a lottery section, or establish a lottery selection process to award licenses and certificates, issue equally distributed licenses to each congressional district, and impose a 6% tax on the retail price of marijuana to benefit various programs. Now, when you, when the average person reads this, when you and I read this, we think, okay, well, obviously this is just simply about legalizing marijuana. Okay, great, for recreational use. That's what most people, I think, that I've talked to want. But what they're not realizing is the 39 pages behind this, this initiative, behind this amendment, that says a lot of other rhetoric that people, you know, you're not going to sit there and read 39 pages, obviously. So we have a guest on the phone, Ben Hartley. He is of the Missouri Marijuana Legislation Movement. Hi, Ben. Hey, everyone. How's it it going? Good. So we're here to discuss, obviously, first of all, you're with the Missouri Marijuana Legislation Movement. Can you tell me... Can you tell us how, you know, can you tell us about the Missouri Marijuana Legislation Movement? So uh, just a quick correction. It's actually the Missouri Marijuana Legalization Movement. Yes. So you're with the Missouri Marijuana Legalization Movement. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, it's actually a group page on Facebook representing 64,000 Missourians. It was formed in 2016 uh, while we were pushing a Another ballot initiative for actual legalization, we were pushing a ballot initiative collecting signatures throughout the state to end prohibition. And so that's been our aim uh, since 2016. Um, a lot of us come from you know, uh, various groups and various organizations. And you know, even more so recently, we've just all collaborated in an effort to stop Legal Mode 2022 and uh, Amendment 3 from being passed into law. And we had recently supported the passage of the Cannabis Freedom Act, a bill that was submitted by Vaughn Hicks uh, that had bipartisan yes. support. Um, another bill that would have actually ended prohibition and created a free market. So um, uh, that's what we're doing. And uh, we're hoping that uh, people in Missouri will listen to the advocates, the grassroots advocates that are you know, close to the source and keeping our eyes to the sh- uh, ears to the street and, and um, I appreciate you having me on so I can speak to your audience. Of course. And so why is it important, in your opinion, for people to vote no on this uh, Missouri Amendment 3? Yeah. I, how much time do we have here? Um, <laughs> we have a few minutes. I think, yeah, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're talking about adding 39 pages to a state's constitution. Right. Uh, and And the reality is that the vast majority of voters will not take the time to read Amendment 3 in its totality. Um, we know for a fact that the vast majority of petitioners had no idea what they were collecting signatures for. Uh, you know, most people just see the bullet points or the ballot title language they're going to see uh, on November 8th. And, and, and actually, a lot of that language is inaccurate. It's an accurate representation of the initiative. Um, and that's, you know, sadly the fault of the Secretary of State's office. Um, so, you know, the simple fact is you're adding uh, stuff to the Constitution that has never been there before. And so we want to be very careful when dealing with constitutional amendments because um, if it's not right, 
then it's going to create a lot of issues and it's very, very difficult to change in the future. It's a very expensive process to run another ballot direct initiative campaign. Uh, there's limitations on the legislature if they want to make improvements or changes. Um, even there's limitations on the Supreme Court. Right. And what we saw, and what we saw under Amendment Two of the medical marijuana program, there's been this ongoing battle with DHSS over these applications. You know, there was 800 lawsuits. There's 580 plus appealants still waiting to have their day in court. Now, people were arbitrarily denied licenses, medical marijuana licenses, and uh, there's been FBI investigation. Honestly, it was launched, uh, let's see, it was launched uh, right from the jump. It was launched immediately after the program went into effect, and um, that's still ongoing, and they're looking at licenses, and they're looking at how, you know, maybe some people were involved in a pay-to-play scheme uh, to acquire their licenses, and so... um, what, what you had was the creation of a, an oligopoly and some, you know, we, we talk about monopolies and, yes. the, you know, all this. Um, and that's what you see in the state of Missouri right now. Yes. So uh, exactly. It seems like, you know, this is going to benefit mostly like the investors. This is going to put more control on individuals. And also you have the 39 pages that people are not going to sit down and actually read word for word. So you don't know what else is in this 39 pages, but I do know that it contains some relief for those who have had prior um, nonviolent, you know, um, pot convictions, marijuana convictions, but it also adds new penalties, I read as well. Yeah, so so what you have with Amendment 3 is you have this, it, it's supposedly automatic expungement, but if you read the language carefully, uh, it says specifically that, um, first of all, only certain offenses apply. So if a person's been incarcerated for three pounds or more, for example, which, you know, we have quite a few prisoners uh, currently incarcerated for three pounds or more. In fact, you know, one of my good friends, Chris Smith, runs the Can of Convicts Project. All the people that he represents and is fighting for will not benefit, save one person. So all the people he's advocating for, uh, this doesn't affect. So if you've had a DUI, marijuana DUI, it disqualifies you. If you've distributed, you know, or delivered cannabis to a minor, it disqualifies you. And you know, when you're talking about medical cannabis, I know a lot of pa- parents, um, you know, who their kids need medicine, exactly. and unfortunately, you know, a lot of them have to go because of dispensary prices or quality. You know, they go into the black market, they get it from a friend. So, you know, that's right. a felony. That's we- a felony. And so. Exactly. Um, we do have to wrap things up here, but tell people how can they follow you and how can they learn more about what you're doing with the Missouri Marijuana Legislation Movement? Yeah, so they can visit knowona3.com, and that's knowona3.com to learn more about the amendment. Uh, they can follow us on Missouri Marijuana Legalization Movement on Facebook. And, uh, you know, just if I have a moment just to end comment, I would caution voters to um, think very carefully about adding civil and criminal penalties to the Constitution, which Amendment 3 does. We have stop and site for public smoking, $100 fines, you know, possession over six ounces remains a felony, uh, misdemeanor charges uh, for, you know, third-time offenses, fines, penalties. Uh, you know, the idea is we're trying to end prohibition. We're trying exactly. to break the stigma um, so- and not enshrine criminalization in the state's Constitution. 
Right. So vote no on Amendment 3, and there are better ways to legalize marijuana. Yes, and we'll be pushing the Cannabis Freedom Act uh, in 2023. We also have uh, promises from legislatures to file a House joint resolution to undo Amendment 3 uh, through another constitutional measure, if and when it passes. And so there are there are options. Absolutely. And we'll get you back on the show and we can talk more about this in detail as well, because I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have questions and they want to hear more information on it. So thanks, Ben. Thank you, Holly. So stick around, stay tuned in, and we'll be right back to the Definitely Holly show. Don't go anywhere. We have another guest coming up and we are going to continue this discussion on the ballot initiatives. You're listening to the Definitely Holly Show on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Definitely Holly Show. And just a quick reminder, if you missed today's show, you can look up the Definitely Holly Show on Spotify. You can listen to today's show as well as all of the episodes of my show. They're all right there on Spotify. So earlier in the show, we spoke with Ben Hartley of Missouri Marijuana Legislation Movement about Amendment 3 that is on the Missouri ballot. Now we're going to start discussing all of the initiatives on the Missouri ballot, including one, three, four, five, and uh, the Constitutional Convention question. So I just like to bring on a guest. Her name is Sandra McDowell. She is an attorney, Air Force vet, and former candidate for Missouri governor. Now, Sandra and I actually worked together over the summer helping Mark McClowski campaign during his campaign, and that went very well. We were very, very busy. We attended a whole bunch of gun and knife shows, and that was just so much fun. I got to get out there and meet so many of his supporters, as well as myself, obviously. I was a supporter as well. But it it was just amazing seeing all the support for Mark McClowski, and it's a shame that, you know, he didn't win. I think he should have. So, Sandra, go ahead and tell people just a brief, you know, a little bit about campaigning for Mark McClowski, because obviously I think that went very well, just seeing all the support. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, You know, I was on his campaign for a number of months there up until the end. And he had, he had support all over the state, everywhere he went, people recognized him and he gained their support. And and I, he was actually, you know, I campaigned, I campaigned across the state twice actually and for auditor in 18 and then governor in 2020. So I went to a lot of events, a lot of Republican events, um, you know, Lincoln days, all these things. I never saw people get standing ovations everywhere they went. Mark McCloskey got standing ovations yes. after he spoke at these events. It was it was unheard of. And so for him to have gotten, what was it, 5% or something, I just, I, I was in disbelief. Right. I think it was actually like 3 or 4%. I was, I, I had to double check. I was like, is this what it says? Yeah. Well, I, you know, you know, I do not agree with a lot of the election results around our country. And so um, I have a lot of questions about that. We have a a good group or more than one group, I think, here in Missouri working on trying to uncover 
uh, irregular irregularities in right. elections here in Missouri um, because it's happening all over our nation. It's not just happening in the state um, that, you know, they're talking about mainly, you know, um, but but that's something that I think until we regain our election integrity, um, our country is going to continue to spiral downhill like it is. Because the people, you know, we don't trust our election process. We don't trust um, the Biden administration. Uh, we don't trust the rhinos that are in office across our nation. And we're, we're tired of it. Absolutely. We are tired of it. And we need to keep speaking up, keep being involved. And that means going to the polls on Tuesday, November 8th and voting. So we've been talking yeah. about, you know, these initiatives that are on the ballot, these particular ones. So uh, I actually saw a video that you posted on your face, on your two Facebook pages, you talking about the amendments and your opinion on them. So I want to go ahead and go through those and let people hear your opinion on as well as mine. So as far as amendment one, it's asking people, do you want to amend the Missouri constitution to allow the general assembly to override the current constitutional restrictions of state investments by the state treasurer and allow the state events investments in municipal securities possessing one of the top five highest long-term ratings or the highest short-term ratings so what is your take on Amendment 1? Because I am voting no. I am also voting no. I do not agree that we should be. First of all, I have a hard time amending our Constitution. I don't think we should be doing it. Um, you know, it, only in rare situations should we be amending our Constitution. And this, this particular amendment gives a lot of power to our state treasurer um, to invest funds in, in, in areas that Quite frankly, yeah, we could get a better return on it, but they could also lose money. And yes. um, and 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 I don't I don't even know as far as like people working in the state treasurer's office if they have investment advisors or people that are even capable of, of knowing how to invest. Our I know that they do oversee our investment portfolio, but they're very restricted. I believe we're only uh, one of two states that still have these kind of restrictions. Um, but but why do we need to change that? You know, the the current treasurer is saying, well, if we're able to make more money, then we won't be able, we won't be taxing Missourians as much. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. They're not going to stop taxing us what they're already. They're not going to give us any money back, or they're not going to tax us less. They're going to keep the money and they're going to do more stuff with it. Um, they should give us money back, I believe, in our taxes, but they're not going to do that. Um, I just I just don't agree with them taking. Uh, being able to put their the money in in a higher uh, amount of places, um, I, I also don't. I guess I just think, why do we need this? And I don't want exactly. I don't want you guys gambling with our money, anyways. Exactly. I don't see a reason to change anything like what you just said, basically. And, you know, this does give the treasurer more options, but it also allows the General Assembly to also have more control and work for uh -huh. smaller government, not bigger government. So there's that take as well. And then also, yeah, so. you know, with the state treasurer's office, it could result, it could result in the money being invested into more woke investment options as well. I mm -hmm. think that's another another take on that. But sure could. It depends on who the state treasurer is, and yes. that could change. And I know it does have to go through the legislature and the governor, but if it's in, you know, Democrat control, we've had Democrat governors in the past, you know, then they, then what are they going to be investing the funds in? You're completely right. I, I just think that we're good with what we have. I mean, they have like $6 billion in investment. 
Exactly. I think we're getting a little greedy, guys. <laughs> exactly. I think it just needs to stick to the state treasurer and, you know, not allowing the General Assembly to step in on this because, again, we're trying to stick with smaller government, not bigger. Well, and this is another amendment that was put on the ballot by the House. Well, I, I just think there's a reason why they're doing this. There's, there's a reason that they're not telling us why they're doing this. I don't trust politicians anyway. Uh, which, right. which I think I'm probably in the majority of people in Missouri. We don't trust <laughs> politicians. So yes. why are you politicians trying to push this through? It just, to me, there just there has to be an ulterior motive. Right. So moving on to the amendment three, uh, Ben Hartley discussed this earlier with me on my show about uh, the marijuana initiative. So again, this this includes removing state um, state statutes on per, uh, purchasing, possessing, consuming, using, delivering, manufacturing, and selling marijuana for personal use for adults over the age of 21. So that's just part of it. So when people see this, again, like I said in the beginning of my show, when people see this, they think, oh, legalized marijuana, great. So you're going to have a lot of people on board. But again, this is a very poorly written um, document, mm-hmm. you know, 39 pages, very poorly written. You know, it inc- it creates a position of a chief uh, equity officer. It puts CRT in the Missouri Constitution. And then you have a lot of woke industry players, which I think without reading through or doing your research, people are not going to realize. And it also creates no free enterprise, which that is not good as well. So what's your take on Amendment 3? I mean, you know, that's exactly what I think. And, you know, just going one step further, if people think that they're going to own businesses here in Missouri selling recreational marijuana, they're not because the money makers and the power people already have that industry on lockdown and they're the ones that are going to be making money off of yes. this. It's not going to come back to the state, but it's not going to come back to the local communities. In fact, if you go to Colorado and listen to anything that they're talking about up there with what they would have done differently when they legalized marijuana, they said, you know, they would never have done that because the things that you have to put in place in the state uh, before you legalize a drug like that, you have to have so many things put in place first, or you're actually going to lose money after it's implemented like they did. And we don't have any of those things put in place here in Missouri, any kind of enforcement, anything set up to, you know, to, to, to monitor what's going on. That takes a lot of money. That's a lot of cost from Missouri and Missouri taxpayers that we have to front in order to get all that stuff set up. And if you don't do it beforehand, now you're playing, you're playing on the defense, trying to set it up after the fact, which makes it even more costly for Missouri. Uh, so this is not good for Missouri, for Missouri right now. No. I can't say I, I'm not a proponent. I'm not an advocate for legalizing recreational marijuana anyway. I think that it's harmful to the community, especially looking at the statistics from Colorado and other states that have legalized it. Um, but but for sure not now in our time frame that we're in right now. I think that it would be a disaster here in Missouri. And I think that we would see that us with small, you know, people with small children. Um, I think it, it definitely hurts our, our younger generation. I'm just not an advocate for legalizing uh, recreational marijuana. I think medical marijuana is fine. And I know I was a med tech for a long time. And I understand there are positive things to medical marijuana. Yes. But I also believe that that was the stepping stone to recreational use. And that's why they passed medical marijuana, not to really help our veterans. And like they said, it was mm-hmm. just to get to recreational use. Yeah. Right. 
And so again, going back to uh, the Amendment 3, what I find, you know, disturbing, well, not really disturbing, I guess we should just expect this, you know, in today's society and in our culture and everything, and in government, I should say, but it, it actually puts critical race theory in the Missouri uh-huh. Constitution along with your woke industry player. So if you look at yeah. the wording, it actually says, um, the department shall appoint a chief equity officer to basically establish public education programming. So that right there tells tells you they are putting critical race theory in the Missouri Constitution. Well, and I think that that would, if this did pass, I, I'm hopeful that someone would challenge that, um, you know, in court and maybe get that um, stricken from from the language. Uh, and, and not be implemented. But we don't know that, you know, you can't just assume that a court is going to actually strike that and, and you know, take that out. Uh, but I don't think that's constitutional that they can even do that. Um, because I believe they should have to be appointed, I mean, uh, approved by the by the General Assembly to even, you know, be appointed to such a position as a chief equity officer. Um, so I just you're exactly right with them them appointing their people, their cronies, the people that, um, you know, they're going to make them money and they're going to make money for all the people that already have money. This is just another way for them to do that. And they've been setting this up for years. You know, Steve Tilly and some of these lobbyist people um, that are, you know, Republican people they are supposed to be Republican. They're not really. Um, but there are all these people behind the scenes that have been setting this up for years and monopolizing recreational yes, use that's exactly. you know, behind the scenes. And they're ready to go now. And so, you know, Republicans are pushing it through. Even there's a Republican in the House that it has a bill for that. Uh, Ron Hicks, is that right? Um, yes. You know, so if this doesn't get approved, they're going to push the bill through anyways, probably if this, you know, if this doesn't work. So it's just frustrating. Right. And again, we really have to read the fine print just goes back. I just want to throw something Mm -hmm. else out there that people, you know, if you read the the fine print, it says no elected official shall interfere, interfere directly or indirectly with the department's obligations and activities under this section. So again, the chief Mm -hmm. uh, equity officer cannot be fired without cause and the department shall not interfere with officers lawful uh, official activities under this section. So you have that yeah. all out there as well, which that's not a good thing as, as at all. No, this would be a disaster. I, I, I hope the people in Missouri see that. I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of people that are advocates for recreational use. So I, I am pretty concerned about this one passing, actually. Oh, unfortunately. Absolutely. And I'm myself, I'm all for medical marijuana. Um, I have mixed feelings on the recreational marijuana, but I believe this is not Amendment 3. This is not the way to put recreational marijuana in the Missouri Constitution at all. I believe there are far better ways, and this is obviously not. This just focuses, again, on the left rhetoric, um, the woke industry players, CRT, and it's making 38, 39, I'm sorry, 39 more pages in the Missouri Constitution, which we obviously do not need. Right. And why why do we even have to include CRT in there? Who's, at, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. who's behind this that's trying to squeeze CRT in here? Our public school system is already hurting so badly. People are leaving the public school system here in Missouri right and left. We did. My family did. Our kids are out of the public school system now because I saw what was going on there. And they're just wanting to make it worse. So, you know, looking looking at that, it's, it's very concerning. All The whole thing is concerning on this on this ballot measure. But 
like I said, there's so many people that I've, that I've experienced here in Missouri that want recreational marijuana. Uh, and you've got out of state people that are also here advocating for it as well. Uh, which also, you know, I've, I've heard from other attorneys and people that have been kind of talking about this on threads, um, on, on, on Mobar, you know, talking about how out of state, um, uh, business owners, recreational marijuana business owners have you know, already been setting up with people here in the state to be like the front runner for that business. And then they have an agreement with them that once they get a Missouri licensed person here, then they will take over that business as their own, but they'll be the front runner and they'll get paid accordingly. So they already have all this in the works. They started exactly. that after medical marijuana was, was, was passed in 18. Yes. They know what they're doing and they're well, doing a very good job. Senator, we got to take a quick break, but I want to continue this conversation. So we're going to keep you on the phone for the next segment. All right, stick around and we will be right back. You're listening to the Definitely Holly Show on 1019-941 News Talk STL. So don't rock the Find all things Baby, Definitely Holly at definitely-holly.com. You're listening to Definitely Holly on News Talk STL. This is what a woman loves. So we've been discussing a lot on this show about what is on the Missouri ballot, the initiatives, um, especially Amendment 3 with the recreational marijuana and we have a guest on the phone, Sandra McDowell, and we've been actually discussing before break, we were talking about all the different initiatives on the ballot and our opinions on those. Are we voting yes or no? And just giving a little bit more background on these amendments that are on the Missouri ballot. So I just want to go ahead. We have Sandra back on. I just want to go ahead and throw out there one more thing about Amendment 3 that I forgot to put in uh, the other segment. So basically with Amendment 3, you also have people need to, to also keep in mind that the government is stepping in. So there goes the big government again, because with the government stepping in, um, they're telling you, you know, who can, roll, who can grow the cannabis, how much someone can grow. They are going to pick and choose who they release from incarceration, the state will pick who can have a license and the state will also tell tell you tell the state will also tell who can grow who can grow it and who cannot grow it. So it's basically like an example would be like to myself it would be like the state coming in and saying, "Well, you can only go in that gas station and purchase, you know, one six pack of beer beer, you know, per week." So what are your thoughts on that, Sandra? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. You know, I am not for big government. I want the government to stay out of anything that they're not already yes. in for sure. And I think we should be limiting them instead of giving them more power. And that's exactly what this does. Um, so you're you're completely right, Holly. Also with, so let's go into Amendment 4 because with big government and more power, I'm kind of torn on Amendment 4 myself, but I feel like Amendment 4 does bring more bigger government, does bring more power with this. But let's go ahead and read. Let's tell people um, on the official ballot title, it says 
Shall the Missouri Constitution be amended to authorize laws passed before December 31st, 2026 that increase minimum funding for a police force established by a state board of police commissioners to ensure such police force has additional resources resources to serve its communities? So again, a yes vote would amend the Missouri Constitution to vote the General Assembly by law to increase the minimum funding for a police force established by the State Board of Police Commissioners to ensure that that police force has additional resources. A no would a no vote will not amend the Missouri Constitution regarding the funding for a police force established by the State Board of Police Commissioners. So what are your thoughts on, on amendment four? So I was just I was the same way on my video. I kind of was like, you know, I I totally support the police. I love the police. I want them to have enough money and enough resources. Um, but I and that's why I was iffy on this because I feel like it's very strange um, that their current budget is twenty percent goes to the police force. They're increasing it to twenty five percent in this initiative, right? But their last budget year, they spent 24.3% on the police. So why are we doing this again? Because they're already spending almost 25% on police. Um, Somebody said it might help with keeping them from defunding the police, which possibly, but I don't read that anywhere in here. I don't know how you get that from this. Um, So I don't, I don't, I just don't know where those people are getting it from. If somebody does, please let me know. Um, but my other huge red flag, Holly, you know, I ran for office and I've met a lot of these politicians mm-hmm. and there's a lot I don't trust. And I do not trust the sponsor of this. This Again, this is another one that went through the House and that's how it ended up on our ballot. And it was from Tony Luxemire, a senator out of um, the Kansas City area. I do not trust him. And so that alone makes me vote no. Absolutely. And then again, we have to keep in mind, you know, Kansas City is the only one that uh, they have their own state board of police. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand, again, why why we need to, to have this even as an amendment, because why should the whole state of Missouri decide how Kansas City spends its tax, tax dollars initially? I mean... I agree on that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, it's like, you know, the local cities should control their own police budget. So why are we voting on Kansas City? a good question i don't know i feel like there's something else going on there's a lot of amendments on here and a lot i guess all of them are coming from the house you know putting them on here and i just except for the uh amendment three but i i just i don't think we need it you know we don't need more amendments right. to our constitution and we don't need more government like you said so uh i'm a, i'm a no on that one now also Absolutely. And then going on to Amendment 5, I mean, here we have, we already have so many departments. We don't government need, again. <laughs> yes, we don't need more departments in Missouri. And these are Republicans that are sponsoring these. I mean, you guys are supposed to be for, for less government. Right. And they're all bigger government. I don't get it. So Amendment 5, shall the Missouri National Guard currently under the Missouri Department of Public Safety be its own department known as the Missouri Department of the National Guard? which shall be required to protect the constitutional rights and civil liberties of Missourians. So I am voting no on that one as well. I think here, again, it's just, it's it's another department. Like we said, we don't need another department. And 
it's just I don't understand why this is on the ballot as well. Again, it, it's all these all these uh, amendments to me are only going to confuse people. They're not going to know whether to vote yes or no. And I think honestly, a lot of people are just going to pick yes or no. Yeah, you know, they're just they're yeah. not and going to do research. No, if they do understand this is an amendment to our constitution, hopefully they'll decide on on no because they don't want to amend our constitution. Like you know, many of us still feel that way. Um, but, you know, what the, the sponsor of this one is a Republican, and he said the reason why they did this was because it would give, quote, direct communication to the governor during critical times where he needs he or she needs military advice or recommendations in times of like a, a state crisis like COVID. Right. But I mean, do we need military advice all the time? This would make the uh, the general um, in the position part of the governor's cabinet so he would be at all of the meetings i'm sure wasting his time because he doesn't need to be there um and and then and when you already have a direct line of communication during a time of crisis if i were governor and this was during a time of crisis i would have a direct line to my military okay I, i'm going to make right. sure of that so i don't need to set up something in case, you know, something happens, that's concerning to me as well. Yes. And then you have the constitutional convention question. Shall there uh, be a convention yeah. to revise and amend the Constitution? I'm absolutely saying no, because, again, you have those party insiders. You have the, your establishment people mm -hmm. who I feel would don mm -hmm. dominate. Um, and I, I honestly, right. like, just personally, I don't trust either side to make changes. Mm -hmm. Agree. And, you know, I know this goes on the on the ballot every 20 years, so nobody yes. did put this on. Um, but, yeah, we don't need a convention to revise and amend our Constitution. This is not a convention of states. People may get confused on that. And that's yes. the only concern about this is because there has been a lot of talk about doing a convention of states. That is not what this is. This is strictly a committee appointed by the governor to look at the Constitution and advise on any kind of revisions or amendments. Now, it would come to Missouri voters to vote on anything that they would recommend, but we don't need to waste our time with this. Uh, I mean, it just to me, it's pointless, and hopefully people understand that this is only about revising and amending our Constitution. This has nothing to do with the Convention of States. Yes, and back in 2020, or back in 2002, because again, every 20 years, you know, they have to ask this question, but 2002, 83% of people said no to the Constitution. Okay, see, good. So, I, I think that this will get shut down. Yeah. I, I think so as well. Well, thanks so much, Sandra, for calling in and giving us your take on these amendments that will be on the ballot on Tuesday. So it's very important for people to get out and vote. And of course, mm -hmm. I will have you back on my show. We always have a lot to discuss and we work very well together. <laughs> uh, I love being on your show, Holly. It is the best. I'm so glad you're on the radio. Um, it just makes the station so much better. It was already great, but love it. And thank you so much for having me on. And yes, everyone get out and vote. It's very important. Get out and vote. So thanks again, Holly. Talk to you later. Definitely. So this weekend, there are a few things going on in the local community. If you have not checked out Johnny's Hideout, that is a great place to spend, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, maybe even a Sunday. They have TVs all over inside. They have live music Thursday through Sunday. And they have my favorite wings, which are the Johnny's wings. I tried those uh, two weeks ago, actually, and they were delicious. They're probably my favorite favorite. Wings now, favorite place to go get wings. Have you tried their wings yet, Leah? 
Um, I haven't even been down there. Isn't All it, right. Isn't it down south? Yes, yeah, High Ridge. You'll have to get down there. Johnny's Hideout in High Ridge. It is a great place. And another thing, when you visit Johnny's Hideout, make sure that you ask for the Tim Jones VIP table inside. This weekend, actually, there's live music uh, during the afternoon. There's a DJ Saturday night. Sunday evening, there is live music as well. And what's really exciting is during the summer, actually, they're going to have their outside uh, stage open. And I want to make sure I say the stage name for Rick Pogue. The stage is called the Sunset Stage, and that will be a lot of fun. It's kind of like a Yellowstone-type experience there going on. So that's going to be a lot of fun this summer. We're going to have a you know a lot of good bands there. And uh, Johnny's Hideout is always looking for new music talent, so... If you, you know, play acoustic, uh, solos, duos, trios, your band, please email me because I actually booked music there. So definitely holly at gmail.com. Also this weekend, if you have not already tried Hiatus Tequila, you have to go try it right now. It's made from 100% agave. They have different types, Blanco, Reposado, Anejo. I personally prefer the Reposado just because it's aged uh, six months in American whiskey barrels, and it's kind of got like that caramelized roasted red pepper, got a little bit of cinnamon in there. Also uh, notes of like hazelnut and vanilla. It's it's very good. It's silky, it's sweet, and you can drink it on its own or, you know, make a cocktail out of it, you know, make your own margarita. But go to shophiatistequila.com, use code HOLLY on that, and you get 10%. Also, like we've been saying all along, it's very important to get out and vote this coming Tuesday, November 8th. So, Leah, what's tell people what's going on with News Talk STL. Uh, what are they doing for the midterms? Uh, so, Tuesday night, they're going to be doing live coverage of the midterms starting at 7. So Great. So, everyone will have to tune in there and mm-hmm. stay I up. Think, I think we'll be live streaming, too, so you can tune in or watch us. Yes. All your favorite hosts will be covering that so yeah be sure to tune in perfect other than that you can listen to the definitely holly show every saturday evening at five you can follow me on facebook definitely holly my new instagram is official definitely holly please follow that one my old one got hacked so please do not follow my old one new one official definitely holly Also, my website is definitely-holly.com. And if you missed today's show, no big deal. Go to Spotify and look up the Definitely Holly Show where you can find all my episodes. I just want to leave everyone with this song that I am just, I am loving this song right now. It's called Blind Man. And I don't know, I'm probably going to mess up the artist's name pronouncing it, but no mine. I think it's no mine. But I heard this in my yoga class. Um within the last month and I I keep hearing the song over and over so I just you know I sat down and I I listened to the lyrics more and the lyrics are just wonderful I want to leave you with these lyrics of the song and I want to make you think for this week think outside or the upcoming week think outside the box stop being controlled stop being um, manipulated stop living in a conformed bubble and being a sheep because what this with these words these words uh, resonate with this song just with myself actually of you know be a lion be someone who speaks up and doesn't go by the masses and and follow the herd be a lion be a leader and again 
stop being controlled by what, you know, mainstream news media is telling you, what the, what what certain government elite officials are telling you, you know, mask up, shut up. No, 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 no. Take off the mask. If you haven't already burned the mask, please think for yourself. And I'm going to leave you with these lyrics. Other than that, I'll see you next Saturday evening at 5. This is the Definitely Holly Show, 1019-941, News Talk SDL. You cannot see of all things, to live in darkness must be the worst. Fear is the only darkness. You think I cannot see. What do you hear? I hear the water. I hear the birds. Do you hear your own heartbeat?